0: Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. Good
1: morning. Good morning. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate, uh, first of all, the privilege and thank you to Pastor Steve for allowing me to uh, speak from God's word with you today. It was a good day. All right. You know I need your help today, right? You know how I am, right? Okay, if you don't know, I need you to participate a little bit with me. Is that okay? All right. Before I get started, I got some friends here. It's good to see some of your friends gather together in the same place because it reminds you how many you got.
0: That's
1: right. Sometimes you might uh, think you don't have any, Uh, but uh, Pastor Lynn and his wife, Miss Jane, are here with us today. You remember them. Uh, who were here, but they're at another church attending. But they came today to support. Amen. And then uh, Jean and Miss Donna, thank you for being here today. And Miss Miss Donna. And then I have a couple of folks back there, Mike and Kevin, and Miss Geraldine for being here today. And James for being here with us today. I told them to come out because uh, I want loud claps and shouts today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that wasn't the real reason. Thank you, germs. That wasn't the real reason. The real reason they just come out to support, and I just really appreciate that, uh, that friends would do that, and I just really thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope uh, that you will be ready to follow along in the Word today, and we can get something out of it. Uh, Pastor Steve started something in me yes, uh, last week. I didn't mean for it. I was going to preach this message anyway, but he brought up some statistics and he talked about how the church, uh, lots of Christians are falling away from the church, right? And they're going away from the Bible, and they're not lining up with the Bible. and They're actually lo- leaving the faith. Do some of you remember hearing that? So uh, I have a couple of scriptures, and I need to, you to help me. So if you don't mind, I need somebody to read a, out of the Bible for me, okay? Now, I'm getting used to this, so I try to keep up with you. I bought an iPad today <laughs> because I like the Bible, and I always say, you need to bring your Bibles. Uh-huh. But I found out some of you bring that electronic thing, right? Uh-huh. And I, I pray that you're, you're looking at the Bible when you pull it up, all right? OK. Uh, but I, I want to ask if uh, I can have a couple of readers who will help me today. If I get a couple of people to read, Devin, and a couple more people who don't mind reading a scripture, to, I promise it won't be anything long and hard. Mart, and give me one more person over here. I want to challenge somebody who's not normal going to speak up. Somebody over here. Thank you, James. James said he'll do it as my guest. Thank you, James. I appreciate it. So, so uh, uh, Devin, if you'd find John chapter, uh, oh, I'm sorry, find Romans chapter 12 for me, and Mark, if you would find Romans chapter 8 for me, and then James, if you would find Luke chapter 19 for me, OK? Now I'm not going to read those yet because I want to set this up. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a little introduction of what we're going to talk about today, and then I want to get into what we can do about it. And somewhere in there, I want to play a little video clip to kind of illustrate something I want to make sure you leave home with, OK? Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. So I want to share a little statistic, first of all, that I followed up after hearing what Pastor Steve said. I had to go and find out what was going on in some of these statistics. And he talked about how many people were falling away from the church. So I went to Pew Research behind him to find out why. Because they are leaving their Bibles and they're leaving the church. Lots of people and lots of Christians are leaving the church. And it really amazes me that preachers are leaving the church. That really blows my mind. But uh, the Pew researchers went a little further and asked some of them why, and I didn't read all of them, but I read one of them that I thought was pretty important and relevant today. It said, first, young people leaving the church because they say they just don't believe. Startling, 49% of those who call themselves religiously raised said that they lack belief and that led them to move away from religion. Here are some reasons they said they don't believe. They've been learning about evolution in college. Rational thought makes religion go out the window. Lack of of any sort of scientific or specific evidence of a creator. And they realize somewhere along the line, they just don't believe. And lastly, They said, since I'm doing a lot more learning, studying, and kind of making decisions myself, rather than listening to someone else, that's what I want to do. That was amazing to me, because they're leaving because they don't believe. (sighs) That bothered me. And I wondered, how can they come here? What a great worship, what a great experience, and they don't believe. Then I thought about something in the book, of John chapter six, there was a story of a man who, for 38 years, the Bible said, came to church and laid by a pool, because he understood that one day, if the worship is right and he's the first one to get in the pool, he would get healed. He was a church man for 38 years, raised in the church. Sitting with people just like him, who come to church every Sunday, hoping God would do something to change their lives. And for 38 years, nothing happened in that man's life. And I thought about, I wonder how many of us are in church a long time. And I want to bring the thought up just in case you're afraid to. I've been coming but I don't really know if it's working. I'm attending, but I can't guarantee you that my life is changing. I mean, I like the people and I I like the feeling, but I don't know if it's actually getting better. And I said to myself, God, how will the people come? And how will those that come stay if church don't work for church people? And what do you do when church doesn't work? We have real problems, is that right? Issues, things that need to be taken care of, is that right? The God that we sang about today went about doing good, healing. There ought to be some healing going on. He turned people's life around financially. There will be some financial evidence that that's a real God we're talking about. Would you agree? There ought to be some practical ways we can see the power of God in each other. Come on now. Help me, somebody. I'm just, I'm just that kind of guy. I just wouldn't come to church if it didn't do me no good. That's just Tony. But I found a real Jesus. A God who has power. And my greatest desire is for every believer to have power. I mean power over your circumstances. I mean real world stuff. Does that make any sense? Anybody else want that? Come on, am I the only one want that? I want power. I want when my circumstances start to get me down, I know what to do. I know how to act, to turn it around. I want power so that when my life takes a left turn, I know first how to stand still and not let it rock me, but I know how to think and how to come up with solutions to act on it. Rather than having it happen to me, I happen to it. That's what I want. I want power. That when I got a headache, I can lay hands on myself. I don't need to walk around and say, oh, how you doing? Oh, I'm not doing too well today. You know, I got a headache and whatever. Pray for me. You know, I wouldn't follow you to church either. I just wouldn't do it. I just wouldn't do it. I was telling my friends the other night, because I was in a church in Tacoma, most of you may know that, and I met a young man who grew up in church. He was a little kid when I was there. And he happened to come into my office business, and he happened to start talking to me, and he said, hey, I fell away for a little while. I'm 20, almost 30 years old now, but I'm back in church now. I just found out that I just really need to be in church, get my life together. And I was like, great, that's good. That's good. What made you say you need to come back? He said, because I was looking at my son, and I knew I need to raise my son in church because I was raised in church. I was like, what? I said, what good did it do you? He says, well, you know, to be honest, I'm still struggling. I said, you better put your son through that. (laughs) (laughs) You went to church all these years, are you still struggling? And you fell away and got into alcoholism, all kinds of other things, and because you want God to get your life together, about to bring your son to church too, and let him go through the same thing you went through? Because if you didn't get power, how he gonna get power? If you don't know how to get power to overcome in your own life, why are you gonna just run him through the mill and saying I went to church? It was sad to me because he didn't understand. That when God opened up the kingdom of heaven, he opened up access to power. This is not a religious thing. This is not about feeling good on Sunday. This is power for life. What I want to do is I want to talk with you from a couple of scriptures about how to access the power. How many would you agree? How many of you would agree? Your faith ought to be practical. Let me put up a definition of practical so you can see if you agree with me. See what it says? Practical. I like this. Of a concern with the actual doing or use of something rather than the theory or ideals. How many think your faith ought to be practical? Practical. Listen, I love prayer, so don't get me wrong here. And y'all, I'm sorry. You might have to have meetings with me after service (laughs) so you can get some more information because I might make you think things. But I love prayer. Love it. And prayer is, quote, unquote, the answer for all things. But prayer is not the answer for all things. You need action. You need to do something. Pray while you do. Do while you pray. But don't just pray. Faith has to be practical. You have to be able to take it from here this Sunday morning and go do something with it. If it's going to change your life, you have to be able to do it. We've heard in Scripture before, blessed is the man who hears my words and does them. For he shall be like a wise builder that builds on a rock. Is that right? What about the man who hears them and don't do them? He'd be like a foolish man that builds on sand. Listen, I do not want to describe Sunday morning as, all that was beautiful. And then go back to tragedy and misery and problems and pain. That's just Tony. I want to go back with power so I can change my life. I'm listening when the preacher's preaching to something I can use so I can give God the glory through what I do and change my life so I can look back and say, he did that. Does that make sense? Come on, are you with me? Come on, are you with me? Give me a hand clap. Okay. So that's what I want to do today. I want to give you some things you can do out of the word. I want to take you through a little bit of the word. We don't have time to get through it all. But, hey, I'm willing to have Bible study anytime. Anytime. Just tell me when. I'll take a vacation day to come for you. But we got to do something. Because all of this singing and clapping, though it's good, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying we don't need it. But it won't change my life by itself. Is that right? Right? Okay, so in the book of Romans, would you go with me? Romans chapter 12. Why isn't the church appealing? Why are people coming? Because they don't see us with power. Why don't they stay? Because they don't see a demonstration of power. Why don't they believe? Because that power is not working in their lives. I love you, but I don't come to church for you. And I'm happy to hear your testimonies about how good God is to you. But if he's not acting in my life, it don't help me. I'm just saying. Is that all right? Now, I could talk like this because I get to sit down next Sunday. (laughs) Pastor Steve had to follow
0: this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So if you do have concerns, talk to Tony himself. Don't talk to Pastor Steve. All right, Romans chapter 12, you got it? Devin's going to read it for me. Listen very carefully to it. Please stand and read loud. I didn't tell the readers you're going to stand and read loud, so you still okay with that? All right, chapter 12, verse number one. I don't even want to go that far because I'm not that deep. We can go deep later. Romans chapter 12, verse one. I encourage you to follow along with your Bible so that when you get home, you can check what I said. And see if it works by doing it. Okay, but you got to make sure it's accurate in the Word. Okay, Romans chapter twelve, verse one. Go, Devin. I urge you, therefore,
0: brethren.
1: I'm begging you, brothers and sisters. By the of God. How many of you've had God's mercy displayed in your life? Yeah. Come on, somebody. Anybody know God's mercy in your life? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Come on, you really know it. I'm not talking about you playing. you God. You've seen God do some things in your life. If you've seen his mercy, just give him a yes! Yes! That's who he's talking to. He's talking to you. You who've experienced God's mercy. Go further.
0: To present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, accepting to God, which is your spiritual service of worship.
1: Thank you, Devin. I want to break down a couple of words. So, you are the ones who've experienced God's mercy. Here's what he's saying. I want you to present your bodies as living sacrifices. In other words, God wants to use your living, not your death. You understand that? God wants to use the moments you're living in and the activity of your living as a sacrifice to him, not your death. Oh, how you doing, Brother Tony? Oh, I'm doing fine. I'm going through... But God be the glory. Nope, 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 nope. There's no glory in that. There's no glory in that. You suffering, going through. Oh, 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 I'm still trying, though. Nope. That's not where he gets glory. He gets glory from your overcoming. He wants to use your life as a living sacrifice. You know, living involves everything breathing, drinking, eating. Playing, laughing, joking, having a job, paying your bills. God wants to use your living. You got that? Yes. It says that's your reasonable service. In other words, since God was merciful to me, the least I can do. The least I can do. You got that? It's reasonable that I will respond that way to him since he did that for me. And when I think about what to do, I use that reasoning. You with me? So when I want to solve a problem, I use the same reasoning to determine what I do with the problem. Christ died for me. And he gave me life. And this is an opportunity I have for him. So what should I do? How should I do it? It's reasonable that you and I would present our living as a sacrifice to him. Does that make any sense? God gets no joy out of the death of his saints. Whether that death is by being broke, or dying of cancer, or being sad, or being lonely, or being isolated, God gets no death out of that, no joy out of that. Does that make any sense? God gets excited when you're living. Overcoming. He said, that's your reasonable service. You present your bodies as living sacrifices, he said, holy. Is that what he said? And acceptable. All holy people, please raise your hand. I'm not going to prompt you. That's why I'm not raising mine. Just raise them high, keep them up. Holy people only. Holy people only. Only holy people. Everybody who's not holy, keep them down. Only holy people, raise them up. Holy people, raise them up high because you're holy. Holy people, raise them up high. Now, some of you are having problems. Is he talking to me? Is that me? Oh, I think there's okay, okay. I don't know what's you're having problems. Let me tell you what holy is. Holy is God has declared you that. In this verse, here's what it means. Because the word holy here means separated or different. 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 John chapter 17, Jesus says, I'm praying for you, my disciples, that they be in the world, but not of the world. They'd be different. I'm praying that because I am not of the world. And they are just like me. So, how do I be different? By being like Him. Got that? Holy in this sense is being like Him. Yes, it would include all those clean things just in case anybody wants to talk to me afterwards. I know holy is stop sinning too. But boy, if that was my task, I'm most miserable. Holy, live like him, and you're already different. Got that? Holy and acceptable. All right, this is a trick question. All the acceptable people, raise your hand. Oh, Tony. Acceptable simply means God has already called your sacrifice the right kind, the right one, already qualified. Does that make sense? So if you're looking how then you go forward from here and live the life God has for you and I to live, you have to understand you're already holy, you're already acceptable, and it's reasonable that you would live for him. You don't have to sit around and say, well, I would, but I'm not qualified. How can I help somebody else and I can't help myself? Duh. You didn't help yourself to get here. You were saved by grace through faith. Share what you do know. Share faith. You know, I was lost too, and I just believed him. It ain't that deep. And now because I believed him, I'm following his word, and I see my life changing. It ain't that deep. It ain't that deep. You don't have to teach them to do the little dance. They get that later. Holy and acceptable. If God called you, and he did, and he did, you are already holy and acceptable. If you have accepted him, he has made you acceptable. Got that? Come on, high-five somebody. I know you were hoping when you come to church, you wouldn't have to do that today. I know that because people tell me in congregations all the time, I hate when the preacher tells me to high-five somebody. Especially when I'm sitting on the road by myself. You are already holy and acceptable. So go ahead and tell somebody, I'm qualified. Come on, even if I tell yourself, I'm qualified. (laughs) You're already qualified. Quit being down on yourself. Quit expecting so much of yourself. Does that make any sense? Give God what you have. Man, if what you got ain't enough yet, give him that. Well, I would come, Pastor Tony, but I only have five minutes. Okay, we'll take it. Romans chapter 8. I'm not going further in that verse. We can do that at Bible study, okay? There's so much more, Tony, you should have covered. I know it. But I'm going to Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Ready, Mark? Everybody ready? All right. For I consider that the sufferings
0: of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to
1: us. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to what I'm going to get when I get finished. Amen. The word suffering here is not you dying on a cross. Jesus already did that. You don't have to do that no more. Praise God. The suffering here is not you have to go without a home. Jesus was homeless. Son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Not asking you to do that. The suffering here is not about beating your body into some conforming way to be in what they say you say you're supposed to do, even if you don't like it and don't believe it. That's not it. Throw that out. Let's call some other things. I won't name all of them. That's what that's called, some other things, got it? The suffering here is strong feelings to do what is required for me to do for the end result. Let me say it again. Suffering here means going through the strong feelings attached to doing what I have to do to get to the end results. An Olympic runner Trains three years Whew. going through the exercise and the running and the workouts and the conditioning for one race. Is that right? And if they want to win, they have to suffer, they have to wash their diet. They have to go through different exercise and workout programs. They have to live a little different than everybody else because they trying to win a race. They want the gold medal so they don't hang out late at night because they want the medal. They don't smoke because they want the medal. How many want the medal? See, the Bible says you ought to run to win. And if you're going to run to win, you have to be ready to go through what it takes to get ready to win. You got that? Most of us don't even exercise in the word. We don't do nothing in the word. We get up every morning, shower, brush our teeth, hopefully, and then we just go about our day. And when something come up, we try to think about what God wants us to do. If we can do that quick enough, we'll do whatever we think we can do. And if that don't work, we say we tried. Boy, that'd be tiring. That would be tiring. But what if you just worked out in the word? You went through what it takes to get done what you need to be done. If you can't handle your finances, you you put together an exercise program in handling money. It might be small at first, but you work it and go through what it takes to learn it, to discipline yourself. Does that make sense? Listen, church is one discipline. The discipline of church is faithfulness and gathering together. It's one discipline in church, attendance. Being faithful to be here, taking part, and participating with the body. So you don't get into the spirit of isolation and loneliness and other things that can plague you if you don't go to church. But you'll also learn a lot of other things by going. The sufferings, the things you have to go through now, not worthy to be compared when that gold medal runner gets the gold medal he says it was all worth it does that make sense that makes sense i want to give you another scripture this one's in luke chapter 19 and i think it's verse 10. if i get that right everybody with me hold on a second i might be wrong i feel like i'm wrong When you feel like you're wrong, you're supposed to do something about it. All right. Luke chapter 19, and if I could see, I tell you. Increase the font size. Pastor Steve know about that. Yeah, that's my problem. I can't increase the font size on the tablet. I'm electronically challenged. I know I'm gonna have a real Bible. Go like that with your fingers. Mine don't go like that. I got it though. Y'all patient, right? Luke chapter nineteen, verse twenty. Got it? Go for me, James.
0: Then another James saying, "Master, you're going which I have kept, put away in a hand- handkerchief." In a
1: handkerchief, yeah.
0: For I have feared, because you are an ashter man, you collect what you did not deposit, and reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, Out of your mouth I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an ashter man, collecting what I did not deposit, and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you put my money in the bank, that that at my coming I might have collected it with interest? And he said to those who stood by, take the minor from him and give it to him who has ten minus But they said to him, Master, he has ten minas. For I say to you that to everyone who has will be given, and from him who does not have even what he has, he will be taken away from him." But bring here those enemies of mine who do not want me to reign over them. Thank you.
1: Thank you, James. Here's the principle I want to point out in this scripture. You can find the same principle in Luke chapter 6. You can find it in Matthew also chapter 25. Here's the principle. You ready? Be faithful over little things. I wish someone had told me when I was 20 you don't have to bring down the mountain. You see, you and I have this uncandid knack for trying to do all or nothing. You can never bring down the mountain. The mountain is whatever big goal or task or habit you want to conquer. You're trying to wait till you get enough time, enough resources, Enough education, enough knowledge, enough. You're trying to wait till you get enough before you start. Whatever you have is enough to start on. And the Bible says, if you are faithful over little things, I will make you ruler over much. You know why some of us don't see God's power in our life? You get it, don't you? Because we're not faithful over little things. We get distracted. We turn away from. I hear Christians say to me, Tony, it's not working. I tried, but it's not working. I'm saying, how do you try God and come to the conclusion that it doesn't work? There's nothing in the Bible that doesn't work. Not anything I've tried. There's a lot more I need to try. But everything I've experienced so far works. Are there any other witnesses? Listen, if you want to lose 100 pounds, you don't focus on losing 100 pounds. You focus on going to the gym regularly every day at 3 o'clock. You'll be faithful to going to the gym. When you get that down, be faithful at doing the exercise. And go home. And count that as a win. Yes, I did it. I went to the gym today and I did 10 lifts. And go home. If you're faithful over that little thing, you will become ruler over many. Does that make any sense? Come on, don't fool me now. Is this making practical sense? Listen, if you want a million dollars, be faithful with a dollar. If you keep saying, I don't have enough time, be faithful over your minutes. Learn how to use one minute wisely. If you waste a minute, you will waste an hour. If you waste an hour, you will waste a day. If you waste a day, eventually you will waste away. Maximize your time. Put effort into doing and becoming what you want. If you want to be a faithful person, practice doing what you say. And tell everybody else, from now on I'm just going to do what I say. And then if you say it, you don't need any other reason why you should do it. Because I said it. That's it. He said, he that lies, let him practice telling the truth. You don't have to stop lying. It's a mountain. Practice telling the truth. Hey, watch this, baby. I'm going to tell the truth. I did it. Deal with it. Suffer through it. And see what happens. We make it so complicated that we oh God, I want to be able to tell the truth, but I can't help it, you don't understand, I'm human, I'm weak. Yeah, 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 that's not the problem. The problem is you won't practice the little things. How is God going to ever show you His power when you won't be faithful over the little thing you do know? You don't have to know the whole Bible. You just had to be faithful to open it up and read in a verse every day. Just one. You don't understand, Pastor, I don't have time to study. Who asked you to do all of that? Well, doesn't the Bible say study to show yourself proof? You know that. Yes, it says study, but study means practice the one thing you know. That means if you learn thou shalt not steal, then practice not stealing until you're good at that. When you're good at that, practice something else. Come oh, is this simple? Is yes, that pretty simple? I want to show you a movie now. Finally, break relief, Tony, from a movie. There's no popcorn with this one. I just want to illustrate the point, okay? How many of you have seen Karate Kid before? Okay, how many have seen the second one? How many of you love Mr. Miyagi over the, first, over the second one? I do too. So, okay, we're going to not do Mr. Miyagi today because that one has some cursing in it. And I dare not bring cursing the church. Whew. I don't know Pastor Tony was doing okay, but he brought a cursing movie. You ready, Brandon? We're ready when you're ready. Watch the clip if you don't mind. So, y'all know he was, uh, he was in a fight. That's why he got involved in this karate.
0: Check it on. Miss Han. I already... Check t- it on. Check it on. I'll have a jacket. Jacket on. Be strong. Check it on. Firm. Check it off. Remember, always strong. Check it off. Strong. Left foot back. Right foot back. Left foot back. Pick up your jacket. Ooh, Focus. Okay. Always concentrate. Left back. Right foot back. Pick up your jacket. Stay. Pick up your jacket. <gasps> Strong. Hanging up. Hang up. Hang up. And attitude. Strike. Hang up and attitude. Harder. Harder. Good. But no face. Everything we do shall do. it lives in how we put on a jacket, how we take off the jacket and lives in how we treat people. Everything is comfortable.:
1: It's a good movie.: Everything is Christ for how you put on a jacket, how you take a jacket off. You see, some of us are in training with God, but we won't go through the little exercise of hanging up the jacket. You have to be patient and suffer through hanging up the jacket over and over and over and over again. That's suffering. Because God don't have time to teach you all the theories of Kung Fu. Then you go out there. Why? Because you're in a fight right now. And when you're in a fight right now, because you were born in a fight, Born in sin, shaping in iniquity, you came out fighting. And when you need to learn the ways of God, God can't stop your fight to teach you theoretical kung fu. So he put us in places and situations of hanging up jackets, waxing cars, to teach us spiritual truths. Because when you're a Christian, everything is the kingdom. God is in everything. You are looking for something really big. And God wants you to be faithful over the little thing. When you're faithful and hanging over the jacket and life hits you, you know every move. Instantly, instinctively, because you've practiced it. Church is a safe place to practice. Home is a good place to practice. So when you get out in the world, and life starts throwing blows at you, you have instant reflexes in the right way. You master the things of Christ because you practice the little things. Little things are things that happen in your day-to-day life. Being on time for work, doing what you say, paying for the latest groceries in front of you. Those are little things. God says to you and I, that's why I ask you to be faithful and serve. You don't have to be a big, theorist or ideal, theologically sound before you start experiencing abundant and powerful life of God. You just have to be faithful in the little things. Does that make sense? So I'm going to issue a challenge now. You ready? I'm sorry. I can't let you go without a challenge. Tony, ain't that enough? No, not unless you do something with it. You know, I'd rather not preach if all you're going to do is sit and listen and tell me, oh, that was good. I get good sermons at Denny's and Sherry's. But if you're going to take what you hear and use it, three things I want you to make sure you walk out of here with. One, you are already qualified and accepted to do the work of Christ. Got it? Two, suffering is going through what it takes to develop your next level faith in whatever level or area of life you want to develop it in. It's funny to me how many people say communication is so important, but they don't go to school to learn communications. They won't take a class. They won't read a book. Listen, if you know communication is breaking down in your house, go to school. Pick up a book. Learn to speak differently. Do something. You got it? And be willing to go through whatever it takes to go through it. However long Mr. Miyagi said, wax the car, wax the car. That's called suffering. Change your mind about suffering. Suffering is not a negative thing unless it's done outside the will of God, outside of faith. You understand that? So when they curse you out, say, hey, listen, I can handle this and be nice. Don't go home telling, man, I just wanted to curse that person out. That's wrong practice. Learn to suffer. And last, find a little thing that you could start to exercise yourself in and do it and be faithful over that little thing. If you don't know your Bible, a little thing is a Bible group or a Bible CD or a Bible discussion or something, right? Get to one because you cannot live for God outside of the word of God. Nothing else works but what he said. And if you don't know what he said, you're making it up. You can't blame the results on him. Church is not supposed to do that for you. Church gets 40 minutes if they take 10 more than they are supposed to. (laughs) And you're watching them. Church can't do it in a few minutes. You have to decide, I'm going to invest God and be faithful in the little things. Come on, bow your heads with me. I want you to get something on your mind. Come on, worship team. I want you to get something on your mind that you want God to do for your life. You're not going to tell me. You're not going to tell nobody else. I just want you to get it on your mind. Think of the thing. Think of the thing that you want God to do for you. Think of the situation, the circumstance that you want God to overcome in your life. Think of the feeling that you're tired of going through. The pain you're tired of carrying. The misery you're tired of experiencing. The desire for the thing that you really want. The business you want to open. The restoration of a relationship think of a thing that you want God to work on. When you get that thing in your mind, I just want you to be able to say to yourself, God, I'm qualified for this because you live in me. And I want you to make your own personal commitment that God I'm going to choose one little thing that I can start to do that will lead me towards the thing I want to accomplish. I got the vision in my mind, but I'm going to focus on the little thing. And today, starting today, I'm going to be faithful to a little thing. Starting today, On a regular, rhythmic routine, I'm going to do the little thing because I know that my present sufferings are worth whatever I'll have to go through to get to my end result. Now this is where your prayer comes in. God, give me strength. You know my weakness. God, help me you know my failures but I am trusting you that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world and because of your mercy because of your abundant grace through Christ I can do it can do all things. I can go through it. I can take it. I can endure it because the prize, what I want, is worth it. And I want to go through it in a way, God, that when people see me going through it, they see evidence that you're real. They see evidence that they can believe you and trust you. God, I want to be that witness today that whatever you want to do in my life, I'm saying yes today in the name of Jesus who is my Savior and my confidence in whom I can trust and put my hope in whom I believe in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast.